So we thought for our third episode here at Eat Right Sleep that we'll do something a bit different. We don't have Josh with us this this time, this month. He's he's busy. So it's just me and Ryan. So we thought we'll talk about our our research, our lives as Christians in our research, and how does our faith impact our research? Now, with me, I'm a bit more blander, but Ryan, obviously, uh, living in Zimbabwe for, was it six months or, or so, and doing his research out there, and certainly we can look at today how his faith impacted his research. So, Ryan, just briefly, welcome. Good evening, how's it going? All good here, how are you? I'm excited to talk about this. Um, I now get a platform to talk about something I, I regularly talk about on a daily basis. So uh, I can now share this to our audience, wherever you are joining us from tonight. Um, Indeed. Great Indeed. to have you here. Great great to have a listening audience. Um, and hopefully we will be able to stimulate. Um, and if you have any questions, do do let us know at Eat, Right and Sleep. Indeed, exactly. So, obviously, being academics and Christians is not certainly not an easy approach. Now, we're not saying it's it's ultimately that difficult, but obviously there are challenges that face us as academics. You know, we live in a world that is quite. I mean, meanwhile, I say it's quite careerist, quite individualistic, um, very worldly in that regards, and quite pressured as well. So Ryan, as a Christian, like how how do you, how does your faith impact your life as an academic? Firstly, well, I think the first thing to note is that I didn't start a PhD as a Christian. Yeah, um, it was actually really faith emerging out of the research, or you know, ultimately God's sovereignty, but. God using the research process um, in order to show me his gospel truth. Um, mm. And, you know, a really important, you know, testimony is what happened in the Salvation Army archive, you know, where I was able to properly engage in Matthew's gospel for the first time. Um, and that was a very important moment. And to look at these Christian NGOs who were involved um, in Zimbabwe, um, and I'll talk a bit more about what my actual search is later, but how faith, you know, and how faith-based organisations operated and how they became a witness to the gospel. Mm. I guess that kind of set the precedent for how faith and research came together. Uh, you know, for me, that neither were mutually exclusive. One fed off the other. Um and as you'll read the early part of my PhD thesis, you'll see a lot of emphasis given on, you know, especially Christian denominations. Um, you know, I look a lot into the Methodist Salvation Army, the Anglicans, the Anglicans, the church being the one I'm a member of. Um, but also I engage with a whole range of other different denominations and their involvement in the Rhodesian conflict or Zimbabwe and the Croatian War. Mm. Um, 
So for me, faith and research came together quite naturally. Mm. Um, and what was really great about my project is that I, I, I didn't have to, one didn't have to be compromised for the other. They both worked together and came together perfectly, you know, such as God's providence. Um, you know, obviously there's a reason why the project emerged how it did and um, what, you know, something I couldn't have done in my own strength, something that my, my worldly intellect probably wouldn't have been able to achieve. I mean, you said something quite interesting, obviously, about you, you come into faith during your PhD. I think it was during your, was it, was it during your first year? It was during your first year, wasn't um, it? No, second. Second just, year. Just, just, just at the start. Um, yeah, about September, October 2018. Yeah. Wow, time goes fast, Ryan. A, lo- a lot of things happened in that, in that period. Um, yeah. But what so, was, go on. So, because I want to ask you, you know, first of all, first and foremost, is what are the challenges though? You know, coming coming to faith, first year PhD, living very differently to your second year your PhD. You know, did you see a lot of changes in in these things, or did you find any new struggles that you had to deal with in that, or was it all quite just quite a more or quite a natural progression in, in, in that regards? Well, I, I felt one thing that was markedly different was. So let's fast forward to um, about six, seven months afterwards. Yeah. I um, I get confirmed. And one thing I'm all asking, so the Anglican Church and Presbyterians, I think, do a similar thing. Methodists, I think, um, may have a single confirmation, which is basically like baptism, but it's what Anglicans have as adults or teenagers when they've been baptized yeah. as children so that I, I decided to go forward for confirmation um or more more appropriately god drew me towards that um and i was wondering what is my commission what is my what is my what have i what have i got to do in god's kingdom what what am i being called to do and it was it was becoming very clear that the research was not just something that I was just doing for the sake of getting a PhD, Mm. but actually it was something I was doing to put me in a position to understand ministry, to understand the global dimensions of ministry, which often, you know, we can forget in the UK, um, but to see that global dimension, and I'd say more appropriately a comparative dimension, because my research required me to do an extended period of field research in Zimbabwe, I'll go into more detail of that in a moment. But the point is, I had to understand ministry and I had to understand how ministry worked in the face of conflict. And one thing that I needed to understand that first is to have biblical and doctrinal understanding, to be able to understand the nature of ministry and link to that understanding each of the denominations' theological positions. These are very complex things. And if you're not a Christian, they're very difficult yeah. to grasp and can be quite, I would say, putting it bluntly, can be misunderstood. Um, you know, the idea, um, and also there could be conflation. So I look at both Protestant and the Catholic Church. Okay, so I look at, I look at yeah. very, com- and often I was finding in the literature they were being conflated into one. But knowing those theological distinctness, these 
theological differences yeah was very important and so what i was able to do you know through frequent bible study through you know understanding the message through growing doctrinal understanding i was able to apply that to my the analysis in my phd and so what was really nice was this understanding not only of oh these are just things that i'm going to include in my research but actually understanding it a much more profound spiritual level well i'll just jump in as well and say i find similar things as well because obviously in my research is more based on on colchester more based on uh local things in england but having an understanding of faith understanding of denominations of church history really helps you to understand why for example you get high church and low church of england for example and the the, the big differences between non-conformists and conformists and all these kind of things which i don't think a lot of people really understand they don't really understand why there's so many differences and why there's so many different types of denominations and the big differences within a de- within a denomination as well so when i was uh, doing my research on the 19th century for example having a good understanding of doctrine of different doctrines as well really helped my research in that regards and really helped me um understand more than say perhaps other historians who look at that do as well the same with the civil war like to understand really why do people have such a big uh, issue with what's going on you have to understand the deep doctrines that that they were proclaiming now it really does help you and having the understanding of faith helps uh, in that regard as well not not i'm not understanding it on an intellectual level but understanding it understanding it also on a deeper more spiritual level as well really does help with that research for me as well so Ryan, the question i'll ask you as well is how has your faith helped you just in your PhD? So this isn't this isn't about research yet. We've gone, gone to research after this question. But how has faith helped you in your PhD? Has it has it has it kept you going? Has it motivated you? Has it helped you? Has it grounded you? I think all of those things. I think what's very important um, with doctoral research is that it's not easy. It can often become more than a nine to five gig. It can become you know, a ninety, hundred hour thing. Um, you know the workload and the work pressure, um, which universities do nothing to combat, um, mm. can be too much. And you know the PhD does break people. You know, one in two in three doctoral students face some sort of mental health problem somewhere. Yeah. And faith is a great way um, and is the only way in which to overcome that, you know, the way in which God um, is leading the way and seeking God, um, seeking his face through singing, through prayer, through study. Um, you know, we've been doing a great psalm study since March last year. And, you know, to anchor yourself in God's word, to seek him and to... Um, you know, let the Spirit guide you. You know, we're nourished um, by the Word, but empowered by the Spirit. And what has been really, what has been really great is to think: well, there's more than life than just research. You know, there, yeah. there's, you know, God is transcendental um, to this. There's no that. You know, the I, 
PhDs to research can often be the idol, the be all end all. But it, it is God that's beyond that and far greater than that. Um, and it's, it's to recognize that the PhD in and of itself is a lesser glory. But it's also to recognize that in the PhD, may God be glorified. And if yeah. the PhD is not glorifying God and having an impact on faith, what's going wrong? And to let faith lead the research in that way, to let faith lead and guide the whole process is very important. I mean, one thing that's been great with conversations with my supervisor, you know, it's clear respect to religious, you know, to the, the holidays, the main holidays on the liturgical calendar. I will sound like an Anglican now. Um, <laughs> Also, just respect the Sabbath and the the ability yeah. to take break and to spend time in the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that's really emerged out of the PhD is when you speak to academics and people, people aren't gonna people people like to hide and be like, "Oh, but I can't talk about my faith. Faith is private." No, it isn't. You have to be clear to you know people you work with about your faith. Yeah. Because it could be it could be damaging and painful if not. And yeah. what's been great, really, is the way in which you know you can stand up boldly, and you know, make it very clear: this is my position, um, and this is how we're going to do it. Mm. And that has been you know profound. You know, you know, seeing how God can work in these situations. Hundred percent. I mean, I'll just add on to that as well, Ryan. You know, faith really has helped you in the last three, four years, you know, it helps you remind you what's important, you know, the God's word, especially, especially in the, doing Bible studies and, you know, with, especially having a fellow Christian as, a, as a, on the academic side of things as well, where you understand any challenges you go through and be able to share the word together and pray together. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, help as well. Just, just to add on to what you're saying, you know, to have a fellow Christian, that understands that you can go to, that you can talk to when things do get tough. Because PhDs, as you said, are mentally challenging, are tough. And to have a Christian where you can go to and hold you to account or to remind you of the great gospel truth, uh, as we have done to each other many times, has been a really wonderful thing. And I, I, anyone here listening to, you know, today, you know, it's not just academia. No matter what you're doing, always, always seek out uh, Christians who you can do this with, who you can you can share with, who you can talk with, who you can pray with, and also don't forget one of the wonderful things as well as a Christian is that prayer. You have prayer when things get tough, or, or, well, generally we pray, you pray always, but in the, in those tough moments you can pray as well, and and you it's a wonderful, wonderful peace and a, and a great blessing it is uh, to to know God and to love God for all this. It puts all it in perspective. Everyone around us keeps saying careers phds careers or for us different theories and ideas of the world but one thing that being a christian always does is that it reminds you actually what's important here is none of this it's about god's glory and it really does help um so faith in academia certainly has been interesting but so so grateful to god throughout the four years that i've i've been doing a phd for for god and his uh, abundant blessing on myself and on you as well, Ryan. So let's move on to actually you specifically here and really faith-led research, Ryan, and, and Zimbabwe. 
So how did your faith help or how did your faith impact your research while you were out in Zimbabwe for those many months? I mean, without it, I don't think it would have been possible. Mm. Um, you know, the the whole idea of field research, uh, what, is, what is important to note is that a lot of the people who who operate in Zimbabwe is a very Christian country, okay? It's uh, a very strong Christian presence there. Church attendance is incredibly high. I'm not saying that generally translates to everyone being Christian. Uh, of course, yeah. But to be a man of faith in, in that context was a lot easier. I actually found, you know, being in Zim, was great because I had I, I went to a local church Northside. If any of you are watching, um, hello. Um, but yeah, Northside Church. I, so I lived in a place called Borodale. So it's a suburb in the north of Harare. And one of the first things I did was find a local church. Yeah, very important. You know, when you do these things, if you're any, if you're a researcher and you're a Christian. Even if you're not a Christian, still go to church. I tell you, because you get that level of pastoral support, and you have a church family and community. Yeah. And it's so important that when you are, you know, I spent a long time away from um, the UK, and I remember someone asked me before I went, "Oh, you're spending a long time away from your support network," and I was like, "That's not a real problem. I can just build a new one." Yeah, find, you know, the first, one of the first priorities was to find a, a church to attend. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I attended church uh, and was fed in that time. Another powerful thing was that I had a, a friend um, who started out as just an unassuming um, taxi driver, but it then transpired very quickly that he was a pastor. Mm. And, the, and um, very quickly the dimension changed. It went from being just a, a client-patient relation to being very close brothers in Christ, which we are to this day. And to have to have not only um, the church, but also to have a brother in Christ who I'd see every day. Um, he would drive me to and from the archive every day. Was was powerful. Was powerful because we could talk and meditate on the word. Um, you know, to have someone to be accountable to. Not, you know, when you, it's great with WhatsApp, but the fact you need to have accountability in the place. So to have a church, to have brothers there is so important because accountability is important. You know, Christian men need to be held, need to hold each other to account. Mm. And so one of my priorities was to get involved in the ministry, to be in, I was invited to leaders' breakfasts, men's breakfasts, um, to talk about my faith. And what was so powerful in those um, in that time in Zimbabwe was the way in which, you know, a typical Zimbabwean trait is to just be straight to the point. You know, mm. no nonsense, just straight to the point. And yeah. that accountability is very important um, when growing in faith. Um, and I, I felt, but also... Um, and this is something which um, you may, uh, and I've asked, been asked a lot about when I tell people about Zim, 
but what about the political situation and the economic situation? Um, you know, I, I not I for a second cannot deny, um, you know, the terrible situation you know which faces Zimbabweans in regards to its government, in regards to the economic situation. When I was there, you know, the U Zimbabwean bond note was eighteen to one to the um, mm. US dollar and twenty to one to the pound. Um, hyperinflation was rampant. I, I remember the prices of food going up or changing whilst I was in the shop. So the price you'd see at the shelf would be different than what you'd pay at the till. Linked to that, I remember um, now the, the political situation. Um, CIO, intelligence personnel everywhere, even in churches. Myself having been interrogated by mm. um, a member of the government. But I remember thinking about Psalm 118 and thinking about, you know, God's power over these people, you know, being in God's rest and what can mere mortals do to me. And I remember that truth of God's sovereign sovereignty over all of this, that the, the, the politicians there were merely appointed by God. And, you know, what could they, what could they do to me? You know, I could... And I remember boldly walking into the police station thinking, whatever happens, this is in God's hands. Mm. And as it turned out, you know, praise be to God, I got research clearance, got cleared by the authorities, wasn't bothered by them since. Left Zimbabwe, no problems. Didn't see a CIO agent after that. Um, what is powerful, though, is how a Christian mindset tempered that, because... We're called to do two things. We're called to speak out if the government's attacking the church, attacking the faith. Mm. We're also called to follow the government where we are because they are appointed by God. Mm. Yeah. And so even though I, you know, as someone who, you know, believes in democracy, I was, you know, I was, I was able to put that aside, to put political ideology to this side. I think, what is God calling me to do? I've been called here to do research on ministry in Zimbabwe during a terrible war. I want to, I want to be in a position where I can do that. And so I just went with it. I just did what I needed to do. I, I did this in prayer. I prayed every day. Um, and a really powerful witness was in the immigration office. Me and my friend, we, I called into the office, the chief immigration officers, um, and we just sit there praying for a good 20 minutes, mm. which people who don't understand, but irrespective of where we're at and the power dynamics between me and the chief immigration officer, the fact I was white, that didn't matter. We were all united in Christ. We were all one body united in Christ. And it was powerful. And, we, and I, I remember in a place which, you know, was considered quite nerve-wracking in the immigration office, I had very little trouble. Um, and to see how God worked in that situation. Um, you know, there were times which were challenging, but there were also times which were remarkably easy compared to what other people's experience were. Mm. And I remember, well, and I, I was in disbelief walking out and getting my passport stamped for the visa extension, but well, that was easy. But 
I was then thinking, well, obviously God wants me here. God wants me to do researching. You know, you know, because when I was there, there were two other foreign researchers. I think one got deported. Hmm. I met journalists. They were getting harassed by the authorities. I had no trouble. Yeah, and it is something which I can put down to God's grace. But also, it you know, it's very one one thing that was very important, and I said this boldly when I was in the office of president and cabinet in um, the central police station in Harare. I said very clearly to them, I said, I'm an evangelical Christian. I go to church. Politics is not that important to me compared to Jesus Christ. Hmm. And I was, I just sat there and just looked, looked the interrogator um, straight in the eye and said, look, God is more important in all of this. And, you know, these guys, these guys, they're, they're, they're trained. They know if you're lying. They know if you're making something up. They know if you're spinning yarns. They they can t- they they can tell that. Okay, mm. these are these are not these are not um, stupid people. These are people who know what they're doing. But to have that sense of conviction in that situation, to have that sense of conviction, to go right. I'm in the immigration office, but let's go pray. Okay, so my my brother Nessus, um I won't name his second name, but he led me into the office we just sat there and prayed Mm. Um, I heard a powerful testimony in a a sermon um, where the pastor was talking about spiritual weapons and CIO came into the church saying where are these spiritual weapons and the pastor opened up his cupboard, pulled out bibles and said and gave them to each of the CIO agents and prayed for them and they went on their way yeah. How powerful is God's word? How powerful. Um, and one thing I think, given the history of Zimbabwe, so Zimbabwe was a white settler, you know, Rhodesia, some of you may know it. And the country is still overcoming very damaged race relations, firstly due to the war, secondly due to the farm invasions. I went to a church where it didn't matter what creed, colour, or skin colour, it didn't matter who you were, we were all one in Christ. Um, to see that all nations coming together in one place. It's a powerful witness. Yeah, I say it's quite incredible, Ryan, what you've been talking about really is uh, that God working in your, you know, while you're researching, you know, that he was, at, when you're out there, you know, in the power cuts and all the things that you experienced, and you know God was in control he was sovereign overall and though times it was tough he still helped you in those moments and that's a wonderful testimony isn't it and a wonderful confidence for anyone any christian listening to this is that god is over he's sovereign over these things and we can trust in him rely upon him as well and you know you're about you know you had that church and in in zimbabwe and wonderful thing is wherever we go well not everywhere we go but a lot of places where we go in the world there, there's not, quite often not a church uh, nearby or in, in some local area at some point. You know, to have that community of believers uh, to go to and to, to have accountability with and to have that help 
um, from as well, and to have that prayer and, the, and then grow together. It's a wonderful testament as well. Um, and it's great to hear as well, you know, that your research very much shaped by your faith and everything you did was all about your faith. And that is a wonderful testament as well, a bold testament to make, um, Ryan. So that's wonderful things to hear. Um, so I'm sure everyone listening here tonight will appreciate what you said um, in that. Also, also power cuts were a blessing. Hmm. What you realise is, um, yeah, you don't always need technology. You don't need the internet. i tell you what, you realise how unhealthy 24-7 internet access yeah. can be. Because yeah. when the power does come on, great, praise be to the Lord. But I, I remember, you know, being in Zen. Um, I, I, remember, I remember the Zessa cuts well. But in the end, you know, I had my phone. I had hymns downloaded to my phone. Mm-hmm. I had those. I had my voice. I had my bro. Yeah. And that was it, really. You know, it, I think what has what has been revealed in that in that time was, you know, look, we can't trust in money because I watched I watched banknotes devalue. I I, I remember. The amount of money I had in my pocket devalued. I remember, I remember a powerful sermon on Isaiah six saying, "The king is dead. You know, a period of prosperity has come to an end." And so, and a point was made: well, we can't always trust in the U.S. dollar, but we can trust in God. Mm. You know, yeah. the U.S. dollar will 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 probably fail Zimbabwe one day. In the same way that we need to trust in God. And we need to recognise our commission. We need to recognise our call limits. What I also want to say as well is, from what you said as well, your time in Zimbabwe, your research in Zimbabwe, was not only just a a moment of, you know, of seeing God work in your life, but also meant for you, also a moment of growth in your own life as well. So, you know, God grew you even more uh, for, for me being out there. And that's incredible. And, you know, and God's, helped me grow in 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 you know i was in zimbabwe i was researching only in colchester and and around the surrounding area but god's no matter what we do god helps us to grow and know him better and know him more and we all have different experiences of that but it's also great line to hear in even academia when people think that you know it's just this kind of in a in a archive not you know writing some things down doing some research and that's it but the but seeing god's action in research seeing your growth in research it's a wonderful testament, um, and I'm sure God will use that. Will use your testimony uh, for many years to come. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how your work progresses and and how all that turns out. But we'll bring us to a to a close one, just because I don't want to, you know, overdo the time limit here. Are there any things you you want to else add to your experience, or you, are you as academic and, and faith? Well, I think once, as you said, if you just go to a place to do research, then that's all you're going to be doing, really. Hmm. One of the most powerful things is that when I go back to Zimbabwe, God willing, I'm not really interested in doing research, to be honest. That's not that. That's such a low, low priority. But what I do want to do is see my brothers. Yeah. You know, you... you you know, that brotherhood in Christ is so important. And 
when that can transcend multiple nations, it is a, it's a powerful witness to how God work, works across the world. Thousands of miles apart, yet we're all bound by one message. We're Amen. bound by that spiritual unity in Jesus Christ. I'd just say, jump in there, Ryan, is that the wonderful thing about that, you know, we we aren't academics and just as what we are. No, our first thing is we're Christians. And that's the first thing that we are. Academics is second, third down the list. We're Christians first. We're God's people first. And it's great to hear, you know, your love for God's people out there grow and develop because of your you're going out there. And also really your priorities, even even while you're out there, but your priorities even more now are about God's people out there. And that's a wonderful testimony is getting out of God working um in that. So thank you, Ryan, for speaking tonight uh, about this topic. I know it isn't always the easiest thing to talk about, uh, but thank you for, for doing so. It's been a real great pleasure to do so. We will be back again. Hopefully Josh will be back next time. So do sorry, do um stay tuned for more podcasts from us here at Eat My Sleep on a variety of different issues. Now we will cover social issues, we'll cover political issues, we'll cover spiritual issues as well. Well actually too fair, let's be honest, spiritual issues go into all those things, don't they? That being said, thank you very much for listening here. Hope you have a wonderful uh, uh rest of your day be blessed and we will see you soon thank you very much we hope that you will enjoy this podcast please do let us know what topics you want to hear us cover but until next time thank you very much for listening and god bless